You're listening to the Inside Study Abroad podcast, episode number 28, and I'm saying goodbye. Welcome to the Inside Study Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Roberts. In this show, we explore the world of international education and meaningful travel with some fascinating guests, a little friendly debate, and a whole lot of practical advice. Let's get going. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And as the title and the intro of this episode implies, and as many of you may have already read or heard, I am closing Inside Study Abroad as a company. I'm also closing my other company, Yoga Travel Tree. Whew, a lot of closing down around here. And in this episode, I actually wanted to get into all of that and explain a little bit about why I'm doing it, but also give you an inside look at how Inside Study Abroad got started, how it grew over the years, and what we've been able to accomplish over here in our little corner of international education. It's actually kind of fitting that I'm closing Inside Study Abroad this year because this is actually the 10th anniversary since I started a tiny little blog on Blogspot, on Blogger, way back in 2009, February 2009, actually. So this is kind of coming full circle for me. It's bittersweet, but I'm excited to share the story with you guys in case you're curious on how it all got started and um, how we've evolved over time. And maybe it'll give you a little inspiration if you have your own little little baby idea that you've been percolating on for a while and need some inspiration on how to make it happen and grow it and ride the wave of being a side hustler or a business owner, entrepreneur, etc. Before I take you guys down memory lane, I also wanted to say that this episode is not sponsored at all. It probably should be. <laughs> It'll probably get more downloads than any other episode ever. But I do want to give a shout out to the Study Abroad Journal, the side hustle and passion project that my co-founder Natalie Garrett and I created a few years ago. And it's the way that I'm actually going to be staying connected with the international education industry. If you've never heard of the journal, it's a physical journal. Yes, paper pens are required to engage with this journal. And it's designed to give students a guided reflection and documentation experience of their time abroad so that they can reverse engineer the return on investment. So they can think about what do I want to achieve in during this time abroad? And then action action it out, you know, define what those action items need to be in order them for, in order for them to achieve those goals. And that's how we designed the the journal. It's available on Amazon. You can also get it from our website. We make a little bit more money when you get it directly from us. Yay, small business. So go to thestudyabroadjournal.com to learn more about it and maybe grab a copy for yourself or a future study abroad student that might be heading out this summer to explore the world. Thank you guys for your support of the Study Abroad Journal. And I hope that you'll stay connected with me through that. Okay. Let's get this party started. Now, we have to go back 10 years, as I mentioned. ISA got started in 2009. And at that time in my life, 2008 in August, I had quit my job at USA, which was an academic internship program based in Boston. And I quit um, so that I could go work for semester at sea. It was a temporary position as an onboard staff member. I was a resident director on the ship. It was, it was great, but it was temporary. So I got back in December and I needed to go pound that pavement again and find a big kid job in international ed. 
And I applied for several jobs. I was being a little more picky by that time in my career. And I got a few job offers. And one of them was at the University of South Dakota. Go Yotes. And while South Dakota may not seem like the most sexy destination for some of you out there, for me, it really resonated. When I visited campus and even just driving there from my home in Kansas, it felt like I was going home in a lot of ways. It was, um, you know, flat, uh, not very populous in terms of people, lots of cows, not a lot of people. And it, it just really reminded me of where I grew up in rural Kansas, not a lot of people. And frankly, for me, not a lot of inspiration for world travel and exploration. At USD, they offered me the opportunity to start a one-person study abroad office, basically. I would be the first full-time professional focused solely on international programs. And what that entailed was me being able to, or having to, (laughs) or trying to, create not only an infrastructure of support for international programs, but also a culture of support for international programs. It wasn't just about, oh, do we need application systems and advising processes and collaborations with the registrar and financial aid. And all those um, logistics were definitely worked on and fine-tuned over time. But it was also about winning people to the cause of the value of international programs. Everyone from faculty to my peers and other administrators to senior leadership at the institution to students even and getting them to think that their world could expand beyond South Dakota. And that really meant a lot to me. I mean, it's a, all these rural kids, you know, most of them come from towns that were less than 300 people. And so going to university in, in Vermilion, South Dakota was already a big step. And here I come walking in the door saying, hey, ever thought about going to China or Spain or Argentina? And them kind of freaking out a little. So there was a lot of work to be done um, administratively and marketing (laughs) and and creating that brand and culture around um, study abroad. Through that process, I learned a lot. And you're probably thinking, what does this have to do with inside study abroad? What happened is that, you know, I took the job at USD and I obviously I sold myself well and my abilities and my knowledge of the field, but I'd never technically run a study abroad office before. I'd worked in a small study abroad office in, in Ohio, uh, with Christy Schreffler, hey girl, from Baldwin-Wallace University. And and I got to see a lot of the inner workings, but you know, it didn't stop with me. I wasn't in charge. So I could do a lot of the work without having a lot of the responsibility. And now I had all of the responsibility. And if you guys have been in the field for a while and you remember that time at all, you know, I was the girl literally t- posting on Sakusal, the forum, the listserv in international ed, asking questions constantly. Like every week I was asking a question. I'm pretty sure they would ban me by now, but I got a lot of support from people in the field and, and giving me resources and pointing me in the right direction. You know, in that role, I I took the job feeling like, Oh gosh, am I ready for this? But I, you know, I did it anyway. From there, I was also seeing a lot of gaps and holes and standard operating procedure type of things that I thought, wow, why isn't this just, why isn't there a study abroad office in a box type of thing out there in the world that has all your starter pack of everything? Like here's a standard emergency response plan. Here's a standard pre-departure orientation. Here's a standard advising pack. Here's a standard, all the things. And I was creating all of these from scratch and I was creeping on other universities trying to find out where they kept theirs and, and modeling 
and, and taking ideas from what other people put out in the world. But I thought, wow, it would be nice if I could just like buy <laughs> a study of office in a box and, and start from there and build up. And it just made me think like, oh, okay, well, maybe I could be that resource. Maybe if I'm creating all these things from scratch, I could post somewhere online access to all these things. Because the other thing you have to keep in mind too, at that time, I didn't have a budget. You know, I was hired. They put money towards a human being to manage international programs, but they did not give me an actual operating budget. So I didn't have money to be a member of NASA and therefore avail myself of all the resources there or forum or insert any professional development that I would need to do my job. And so I had to rely on the <laughs> the goodwill and generosity of my peers and colleagues and also just my own ingenuity. And I thought, wow, I mean, I feel like this is something that should just be on the web for professionals out there who need it. And that was my first spark for Inside City Abroad. So I got the name Inside Study Abroad in my head because I, I had always loved Inside Higher Ed. <laughs> I'm really creative here. And so I said, okay, fine, I'll just take that. I went and bought the domain, didn't even know what that meant. My boyfriend at the time told me how it worked. I went over to Blogger and started a Blogspot account for the Inside Study Abroad brand, if you will. And I just started blogging and venting and ranting and sharing my ideas and what I was seeing and um, news related to international programs and study abroad and just generally just putting random ideas and thoughts out into the universe. As a result of that, what happened, and I was very sporadic, I was about as consistent with that blog as I am with this podcast, but I, you know, was just posting random things about our field, but from a professional lens. I wasn't trying to talk to students. I wasn't trying to convince them um, on if they should study abroad, how they should study abroad, where they should study abroad. None of that was my focus. It was all on other professionals. Slowly, uh, people started finding this tiny little blog in my tiny little corner of the internet. I started getting these messages through the contact form saying, oh my gosh, great article. You know, they really wouldn't talk to me about the content or my ideas that I was sharing. They were mostly just coming to me saying, great article. How do I get a job like yours? And that would become the primary theme of Inside City Abroad over the course of the next 10, nine years. I continue, you know, I kept going, gosh, I get these emails. People would send me their life story basically. And then say, do you have any advice? How do I get a job like yours? And I would, at first I would write, you know, I was just so excited to get any kind of response from my blog. I would write these long detailed messages back to people with all of my nuanced advice for them. And soon they, they started becoming so frequent that, you know, I couldn't do that and, you know, my normal job and have a life. So it was very sporadic, but um, I slowly started getting noticed in, international ed. I remember it would be a couple years later, I went to a study abroad fair, I think in Alabama, and another rep from another study abroad company came over to me and said, hey, are you the inside study abroad girl? And I was like, yeah, I have made it. <laughs> Not really, but I was very shocked. That was the first time somebody had ever spotted me in the real life. So that was pretty fun. That was 2009. Um, and then in 2010, I met Troy Peden. 
I met him at a NAFSA conference. I think he was impressed by me because in the process of building my own blog, I had learned a lot about content marketing, search engine optimization, lead captures, using content to drive traffic, how to get more backlinks and black hat versus white hat versus gray hat SEO strategies and all that stuff. So I knew a lot about it. And at the conference, we just started chatting. We randomly, I think, got on the topic of SEO, I think. And he was just shocked that someone in international ed knew about SEO. And I think at the time, in 2010, it was kind of rare. I think a lot more people know about it now. And he thought, oh, I could really use someone like you that knows international education, uh, but also knows this other side of the world that's really important to um, the businesses that he was running. He and the other board members of Global Educators ended up offering me a job at GE, as we call it. It was amazing. I was like, well, I just got to University of South Dakota. I've only been here about a year year and some change, but this seems like a really cool opportunity. And I didn't really know what to expect. In the end, I actually turned that job down. I I just, something in my gut knew that I was supposed to do my own thing. What I didn't know what my own thing was. I mean, I thought maybe Inside Study Abroad could become something, but I really wasn't sure what that could be. I also wanted to see through um, more of the projects and things I was creating and establishing at University of South Dakota. I was laying the foundation for, you know, massive growth in the, in the particip- ooh, in the participation numbers, but I knew that I needed to be there a little while longer to actually see that through. And so I turned it down. And then a couple months later, I went to NAFSA because I figured out some funding models for my office, learning a lot. I went to NAFSA Kansas City and stayed with a friend and did it in the cheapest way possible. Had a coffee meeting with Troy. I'm using air quotes because we never actually had coffee at the coffee meeting. I met with the other board members or owners of Global Educators. I ended up having a meeting not just with Troy, but also the other founders of Global Educators, Jeff Palm. Rich Webb and Nick Bringleson. It turned out to be an interview. They were interviewing me again to work at Global Educators and we had a really interesting conversation and a couple weeks later they sent me another job offer, a better offer and an offer that I couldn't refuse. And so I took that position as Director of Operations and Marketing and in my role was to support the various entities within Global Educators. So CIS Abroad, Barcelona Study Abroad Experience, World Internships was in there. Who else was in there? Kaya a little bit. So they were all sort of under this bigger umbrella. And I was in charge of setting up the student advising process as they were growing. Anyway, you don't need all the inside baseball of that. And so I worked there for about six months and did great work. I'm very proud of the work that I did there, but it just wasn't for me. And I remember sitting down and having jerks with Troy one evening in November and right before CIEE actually. And I was just like, Troy, I don't know if this is for me. He's like, you're doing such a great job. And I was like, yeah, I know, but this is not what I thought I'd be doing. I don't think it's the best use of my talents, my skills. I feel like I need to be doing more um, front facing in, in the field and I just want to be doing other things. And he said to me, he's like, well, we could really use you over at Go Abroad. And I thought, hmm, what would that mean? He's like, I don't know. Why don't you write a job description? Because I had a lot of ideas on how Go Abroad could grow and be badass. And he's like, on your way to CIEE, it was in Philadelphia that year. He's like, when, on your way there, write up a job description, email it to me, and we'll talk about it when you get back. And so I did. Meanwhile, you know, Inside City Abroad had really not 
been anything. I think about a month before that, I got the idea that I wanted to start doing interviews. You guys sense a theme here. Um, Because I loved going to conferences and I loved having these really fascinating conversations with people about their story and how they wound up in international education because we all come in these weird ways back into the field after our own international experiences. And so I thought, oh my gosh, so many times I wish I had a recording device and I could share this with everyone. It's so fascinating. And so I started doing that. I started doing these video interviews. You can still find them on the Inside Study Abroad YouTube channel, which I will link to in the show notes. I did a, a couple of those. And once again, very sporadically <laughs> got back from CIEE. Troy and and Jason, his, his co-founder at the time said, hey, come on board. We'd love to work for you. This looks great. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, let me think about it. And I did the first thing I thought to do. And I went to Costa Rica and did a, a 200 hour yoga teacher training program for two weeks. And I was off the grid no internet. It had to do a lot of thinking on if I was ready to like jump ship again. I came back from Costa Rica and I said yes. And so I started at Go Abroad uh, in the new year, had a great run there for about three and a half years. But this podcast is not about that time at Go Abroad. It's about what happened with Inside Study Abroad during that time. And, you know, again, it was one of those things that it was very much a side hustle. And by hustle, I mean, when when the inspiration struck, I would actually do something with it. Or when I just kind of got tired of answering the same uh, messages all the time, and they tended to be around the topic of how do I get a job? And so one day, one night, I remember it was like 1030 at night, I couldn't sleep. And I had all these emails that were backing up in my Inside Study Abroad email account. And I just said, instead of responding to all these people, why don't I write an article, post it on Inside Study Abroad, and I'll send them the link. And hopefully that will help them. Sort of like one-to-many model here. (laughs) And I did it. And I posted it. And then I sent it to a bunch of people. They were like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. So then I just said, okay, maybe I should post this in Sakusal. So I did. I said, hey, I wrote this article. You know, please share it with anybody who might think it's helpful. And I basically broke the internet. And by internet, I mean, you know, my internet. My blog at that time probably got maybe three, four hits a day. In the span of a few hours, I got high four figures, like, Thousands of people went to the the blog that day and blogger contacted me and said, we think you've been hacked or something because there's a lot of traffic. And I said, no, people just really want to work in international education. And so I knew I was onto something when I, I saw how many people resonated with that, that piece of content. Uh, Inside Study Abroad continued to just kind of trickle along in the back a ground of my work at Go Abroad. And I did a few more interviews for my web show on YouTube. In 2013 is when I actually decided to resign from my position at Go Abroad and launch my own little business baby. <laughs> uh, Yoga Travel Tree was the is the name of the company. And I was very excited about it. And I knew though, going into that, that I would need to focus. I couldn't have these little side hustles and little side projects going on. I needed to put all of my energy and all my attention on Yoga Travel Tree if it was going to see any kind of success. And so I put up a landing page for Inside Study Abroad. I said, hey, thanks for coming. Glad it's been helpful over the years, but I'm working on this thing now. I hope you'll, hope you'll come and support me toodaloo. And that's what it was for about a year. But people would still get in in touch with me. I would still get the emails along the lines of, I know you're working on yoga travel tree, but do you take coaching? Will you 
coach me for my career in international ed. I know you aren't international ed anymore, but we speak at this conference and different invitations like that. It sort of is one of those things that took on a life of its own, really, even beyond me um, being involved with it much anymore. I decided in 2015 that I was still getting these same questions over and over. So that's when I had the idea for the Global Pro Institute. I really saw a need and a gap in international education in serving people who are interested in a, in a professional career in international education, the aspiring international educators. You know, we don't have a clear path, and people will talk about that all the time. And, it, and more and more things are happening to give that clear path. But to be fair, most of those paths start with a master's degree, which I think is, isn't very fair to put on young people today, especially with the mounting student loan debt crisis that we have. You know, people are already walking out with an undergraduate degree and then telling them for an entry level $35,000 a year job, they have to also get a master's degree just seems unfair at best and irresponsible at worst. I just thought we needed a bridge experience for those people who, who discover international education as a potential career, but find out that there's no clear path on how to make that happen other than to accrue more debt. And so that's why I created GPI. I wanted to give people that insider's view of what international education is, how it works, how it's organized, who are the key players, the key organizations, um, some of the inside baseball, the lingo, the history, all that stuff, and which is included inside the GPI program. And then I wanted to say to say, okay, now that you understand the field and everything it has to offer, now we un- we look internally at the candidate, at the job seeker and say, hey, so what do you got going on? What are your existing knowledge, skills, and experiences? And I'm taking them through a whole framework on how to um, identify those things. And then we find out where the gaps are in all those things as they track towards the types of positions that they want in the field. And then we look at their network, their existing network, the people who are going to be their champions, the people they need to start trying to connect with. And then we put it all together in the final package process. And we put together their resume, their cover letters, their body of work that supports their passion for working in international education. That first year in 2015, when I launched it, we had 45 people sign up. And over the course of the next four years, I would have about three, a little over 350 students sign up for the program, which I feel very, very proud of. I've told a lot of people that I feel like GPI is the culminating achievement of my international education career. I feel very passionate about this this subject matter, about giving people a clear path towards this profession. You know, my career in international education has meant everything to me. It's molded me and helped me grow and and taught me so, so much. I, I wouldn't exchange it for anything. And I want to give more people, if they're passionate about it, the opportunity to have that same type of experience. But I also think we as existing current professionals need to be mindful of that. You know, we're not, it's not 1970s anymore. (laughs) We, We have all of the tools and capabilities and curriculum design, program design, and the work to create experiences that lead towards a professional career in international education. So if I were to leave anybody with parting words, I would say start an internship company for international education. So just like all the internship providers out there, you need to focus on helping people get internships in international education. There are plenty of organizations out there who need 
hands on deck to help put these programs in action in all areas and verticals of the field. There you go. There's my free idea of the day. (laughs) Take it or leave it. So that's where GPI came from. And then I also decided I wanted to start a podcast, you know, tell the stories of people getting jobs in the field and how that worked for them and hopefully give some encouragement and inspiration to anybody wanting to get a job in the field. That in a nutshell, is the evolution of Inside Study Abroad. I guess I should also mention the podcast. We've had over 50,000 downloads of the 27 so far episodes that have been published, which is just crazy to me. And it's been an amazing ride. You know, Inside Study Abroad, in my mind, has probably been closed for, I don't know, probably half a year. <laughs> and I knew that I probably wasn't going to continue with it for Uh, much longer um, at the end of 2018. But it was really hard to let go because it's meant so much to me. It's been my my asset, you know, the, my, my little business baby, my little side hustle baby for 10 years, over 10 years. It's really hard to let go of the identity of being Brooke Roberts, founder of Inside Study Abroad. And there's a lot that I have, a lot of baggage I have packed up in all of that. And so giving it up to move on to the next thing that has no clear or guaranteed success, (laughs) success path is, is a little hard, but I know it's the right move for me. It feels actually really good to be having this conversation with you and to be letting it go after all these years, but it also deserves its little moment of appreciation, especially from me for what it's meant to me as a a career move, but also as a creative outlet, my little tiny stamp on the international education field. I also wanted to share a little bit about why I'm closing it beyond what I described in the article I wrote, but I will always be deeply passionate about study abroad. I will still be involved in the field through the study abroad journal. Absolutely. I will be out there with Natalie shouting from the rooftops how critical we think the journal can be for creating a dynamic international experience for students. But that's different. Working on Inside Study Abroad while simultaneously growing Yoga Travel Tree, which I haven't really talked about at all, but there was a lot when I've described all of what's been going on the last 10 years with Inside Study Abroad, the last five and a half years, I was also growing, working on Yoga Travel Tree. And it's seen lots of successes, lots of challenges for sure over the last few years, but doing them both at the same time has been exhausting (laughs) to say the least. And Um, it's one of those things that if I could go back and do it all over again, would I do it differently? I mean, yes, I probably would. I'd ask for more help because that's always like the hardest thing for a control freak type A person like me to do that. I would get more support if I could do it all over again. I would really question myself hard on if I should be playing around with one while I was playing around with the other. Because, you know, I can take massive action. I'm a doer. I can make big things happen. I'm really smart in just execution. But even somebody who's giving 120% split between two separate companies serving two separate industries and audiences with very different products and services, that 120% effort becomes 60% effort on each. And I am not a 60% effort person. (laughs) I am a 120% effort person. And I need to see the fruits of that labor. And my 60% on each company just was not getting either of them to where I, I want them to go. 
And I've also realized back in the beginning of 2018, as I was, I like, I have this little goal setting process and ritual I do for myself every year. And I looked at what I wanted my life to look at. I looked at what I wanted my businesses to look like. And I just realized that the life I wanted and the businesses and the size of the businesses I want to be able to run just did not compute. I could not have one if the other existed. I could not have the life I wanted if I was also trying to grow and hustle on two two separate companies. I cannot have the growth and the impact that I want to have with those two separate companies if I had the life that I wanted. I knew that something had to give. I knew something had to change. It all came back to really asking myself, who do I want to serve and how do I want to serve them? And when I got really real with myself on answering those two questions, neither Inside Study Abroad or Yoga Travel Tree could get me to that goal. Because I have a really big goal that I want to achieve at some point in my life, hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. And it's part of this larger mission and vision that really stems from how I even found myself in the international education community, but even before that, in in the world as a human being, honestly. So a lot of you may have heard the story before, so apologies, but if you haven't, my story really begins and the journey really begins back on the farm in Kansas. I am a very proud rural Kansas kid. I grew up in a small town called Parsons and then later moved to a a tiny farm about uh, 15 minutes away from town, 15 minutes away from anything, (laughs) it felt like, uh, in the middle of nowhere and lived in a tiny trailer house. We didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of love and I had a wonderful childhood. I've always been a pretty curious person and child. My mom will tell you about how I was a voracious reader, uh, constantly getting books from the library and being very inspired by the stories I would get lost in that took place around the world. And in high school, one day, uh, my Spanish teacher came into the classroom and announced that she was taking a group of students to France and Spain for two weeks in the summer. When she made that announcement, something just clicked in me. I knew that I was meant to be on that trip for some reason. I had no business believing that or thinking that. We did not have any kind of financial resources just to send me off to Europe. But something in me just knew that this was the type of thing I needed to be doing with my life. And how I would make that happen was very unclear, but I just knew it had to happen. It was destined. So I took the flyer and went home, told my mom I wanted to to do this. And to her credit, even though she was very scared and nervous and did cry a little bit, uh, she was very supportive and said, hey, I will support you and help you every way I can, but you're going to have to come up with the money yourself. And so I tried. I hustled my little heart out. I already worked a part-time job to pay for my own little car that got me to and from school and for my insurance and gas and all that stuff. But I knew that if I tried to take extra shifts at my job, if I took on babysitting, if I sold baked goods and t-shirts, that somehow I 
would possibly save up enough money. And I needed to get about $1,200 to make this trip happen. So for the next several months, I was a hustling queen. I only asked for money for Christmas, for instance. So I think I maybe got maybe a couple hundred dollars from that. And by, you know, the spring, a couple months before I had to sort of put down all the money for this experience, I probably had saved or and raised about six to $700. So not quite 1200 but I was determined. And one day I remember my mom coming into the house and telling me that my grandfather had run into my car, my car that I had earned every single penny to pay for and that got me to work and to school and to socialize. It was my lifeblood and connection to the broader world at that point in my life. He had run into it with the tractor. Of course, I was devastated and it had a giant dent in the side of the car. And so we took it to a mechanic and I was just sure that I was going to have to spend all that money I'd raised to basically get my car fixed so I could function in my little world in Kansas. And the mechanic said, yeah, it's a really ugly dent, but the door is still functional. It's completely safe to drive. And so my mom, in this magical world of insurance land that I did not understand as a 16-year-old, she went and filed a claim for my car and magically, a few weeks later, got a check in the mail for $900. And you bet your ass I used that money to send myself abroad on this trip with my Spanish teacher. And I continued to drive that hideous car all throughout high school and through college. And it served me very well, but it was sort of my badge of honor that, you know what, I had my priorities straight and this ugly car was not one of them. And that sending myself on adventures and exploration was what I was meant to do. And that became the theme of my entire academic life, my professional life, obviously, my personal life, my ability to explore and go beyond the boundaries that have been set for me is something I'm very proud of and something that I hold very dear in my identity and the way I enter the world. And so that experience, that first time I went abroad and being able to make that happen by the skin of my teeth and with a lot of muscle and a lot of magic is is something that is really important to me and it and it changed the course of my life in so many ways. I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if I hadn't gone on that first trip. So my big vision is that I want to start the new Dorothy Foundation someday and I want to help as many small town rural poor kids like me uh, have adventures that could change the course of their life in really meaningful ways. And, and for me, I didn't, I didn't need a full ride. I didn't need a handout necessarily. I just needed a little bit of help to take the edge off of that price tag. That was for me, you know, $1,200 in my world at the time should have just been a million dollars. It felt that unachievable in a lot of ways. And so If I can create a grant program that helps just take the edge off, that just gives students that little boost or young people that little boost, if their biggest fear is the price tag, that I can help them get over that hump and and they can find that amazing art camp in New York City or that volunteer project in Peru or that language immersion program in Spain. Whatever it is for them, I want to show them that it is possible to 
have a goal like that, to want to see the world and have an exploration, even if you're from nowhere or you feel like you're from nowhere, even if you don't come from money and even if you feel like the world has forgotten about you. I have a dream of awarding a $1,900 travel grant to 900 young people every year. And that's going to take a lot of money. <laughs> and so I want to build a company that can earn a lot of money and, and can serve a lot of people. And those people who want to invest in my company and the products and services I create, that that can then turn around and serve underprivileged young people who want to chase their dreams. So that's the big goal. And that's a big reason why I want to level up and launch a new business that I am incredibly passionate about. I am so excited to announce it to the world next week. And I know that it's, it's going to change people's lives in a lot of ways. Like my life was changed by that first trip. And I know it's going to empower people to go after and achieve those crazy, brazen, audacious, badass goals that they have for themselves. I want to create a container and an environment and access that will empower people to make that happen. Without giving too much away for my launch next week, that is one of the big reasons why, that is probably the main reason why I want to launch this new company and need all of my time and energy focused on that new company to make all of these big dreams happen. And so I have to say goodbye to Yoga Travel Tree and Inside Study Abroad as, as much as I love them and as much as they have meant so much to me. But I'm, I can't, <laughs> going to get emotional. <laughs> it's really hard for me to articulate how meaningful um, my career in international education has been to me, um, but also how much I've loved working on Inside Study Abroad and building something and creating something from nothing. And if I've learned anything about myself, uh, is that I'm a creator. I am absolutely a creator before it was cool to be, call yourself a content creator. I've always been a creator. I love the process of creation. Um, uh, it's the, it's the doing creating and then doing that same thing over and over. That's the part I struggle with. And so I'm working on that creating inside study abroad and, and hopefully putting something helpful and valuable out into the world for our small little corner of the travel industry. It, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. So I just have to say thank you to everyone who is listening to this podcast or who has read a blog post or has sent an email or liked a picture or followed me on the interwebs and all the socials and given me, you know, your thoughts and your encouragement and your support over the years. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I see you and you, you really have made this ride a true joy. So thank you. Thank you so much. Now, I don't want to stay too emotional and, <laughs> and all this, and I, I know I'm just kind of rambling a little bit, so thank you for your patience with me today. If you'd like to stay connected and you'd like to know what I have cooking, because I do have something cooking, and it's actually all launching on May 20th, 2019, so on Monday, um, I'll be releasing the new company. If you'd like to know what that is and, and learn about it, I hope you'll get subscribed to the email list. You can go to InsideStudyAbroad.com. There's a link there. There to, to join. You can go to yogatraveltree.com. There's also a link there to join. 
Either way, I'd love for you to stay involved just to see what I'm up to, if nothing else. And hey, if it's not your cup of tea, I totally get it. Unsubscribe, unfollow, all the things at any time. But if you are curious and I have piqued your curiosity at all, I hope you will join me on the next leg of this adventure, the next chapter, the next phase and whatever cliche thing I can talk about. It's exciting. I I have no regrets about Inside Study Abroad. I have no regrets about Yoga Travel Tree. They have both taught me so much about what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to be a business owner, which are different things, and, and what it means to follow the path that is set out for you and and really listening to your community and to your audience and most importantly to your heart. This next move is all of those things. I'm listening to my community. I'm listening to my heart and I know it's the next great step for me. So I hope I will see you on the inside of my next thing. And of course, you can always see behind the curtain of everything I've got going on over on Instagram as the new Dorothy. And I'll have that linked in the show notes. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn as well if you'd like to connect there. I'll close out by reminding you that every day you postpone a dream, you weaken it just a little. So get out there and make some magic happen. Bye for now.